The Daily Rios for Wednesday, January 30th, 2013. It is New Comics Wednesday as the East Coast braces for this storm that's been coming across uh, uh, the Midwest. There's some chimes going off above me. The neighbor has chimes up on the roof and they're blowing. I can look out the window and see all kinds of, you know, the trees starting to go. It's getting darker. It's getting creepier. And my girlfriend's out in the other room waiting for me to finish this episode so that we can uh, go to her house and spend a rainy night there. So, New Comics Wednesday. I was actually at the store today and picked up a bunch of things. Uh, I picked up previews because it is a new week, uh, a new previews this week, which is always fun, which means next week I'll be able to take a look at that previews. Um, That would be for comics shipping mostly in April, so that'll be next week. I also picked up the three-issue Matt Wagner Dr. Midnight miniseries because I had never read that before. And I'm, uh, although I'm not doing it for the show or for the website or for anything like that, I'm doing it for my own enjoyment, I'm actually going back and reading, and sometimes reading for the first time, a lot of the DC stuff leading up to, you know, the Jeff Johns era and bringing in Dan Dio. I'm kind of going all the way back just to see how all this played out into the new 52, so who knows how long that's going to take me, but as I said, I'm doing that for my own enjoyment, so I picked up that three-issue miniseries in a bundle, and uh, which was great, because as I said, I've been looking for it, and I hadn't read it, and they had just bagged it up in the previous week, so awesome. Uh, I also picked up Threshold number one, um, and a bunch of other stuff, but uh, okay, so on to today's list. From DC, we have another issue of Batman Inc. by Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham, issue number seven. We have Before Watchmen, Dollar Bill One Shot by Len Wein and Steve Rude. So if you're a Steve Rude fan and you're not one of those that minds all this Before Watchmen stuff going on, there you go, a new book by Steve Rude. Another issue of Joe Kubert Presents, issue number four. And if you haven't dipped your toes into the new 52 and you want to, uh, the Justice League Trade Paperback Volume 1, uh, this is the soft cover, 16 bucks collects the first six issues of Jeff Johns and Jim Lee's Justice League, and it's called Origin. So there you go. You can jump into the new 52 with that. <clears throat> From Image, another issue of Glory, Glory number 32, only a few more issues of that series before it gets canceled. And the big Invincible 100 is out today, featuring the death of... One of the characters. I know who it is. I looked online. Um, I haven't ever... Re- I've read what? Just like whatever we read for Comic Geek Speak for one of our Book of the Months. And I read, uh, I don't know, maybe a handful, maybe a year's worth of issues. But, you know, I'm way behind on that. Well, I can't even say I'm behind on it because I never really actually started. Uh, I guess you could look at it that way. But if that's uh, your thing, there's a big issue 100 today. Let's see, for Marvel now, we have Avengers 4, Journey into Mystery 648, Superior Spider-Man number 2, and X-Men Legacy number 5. I have some reviews of first issues of Savage Wolverine and Uncanny X-Force and uh, Young Avengers that I have to do. I think I'll probably do that Thursday of this week. And then I'll round out with three from the indie side of things. We have from Top Shelf... Dino Pie's Dear Beloved Stranger for $19.95. Clueless, naive, full of dreams, and unemployed, fresh out of art school, Dino is ready to start a new chapter in his life, but can't figure out how, and struggles to find his identity as an artist. With a little encouragement from a classmate, 
he sets out on a fantastic inner journey to wipe the dust off his teenage obsessions and reignite his passion, blending fact and fiction, past and present, pencil and paint. Debut author Dino, Dino Pye brings a wide range of voices and influences to bear on the most intimate story in his heart. Um, I, I really enjoy stories like that, so I'm real curious to see how this one plays out. And it's been a while since I've um, picked up something from Top Shelf that felt like it had some kind of substance, so hopefully this will uh, fill that gap. Uh, let's see, from Drawn in Quarterly, Freddy Stories hardcover, also $19.95, by Linda Barry. The Freddy Stories traces a year in the life of Freddy, the youngest member of the dysfunctional Mullen family. These four panel entries, each representing an episode in the life of Freddy, bring to life adolescence, pimples, and all. No matter what happens, it all seems to go wrong for Freddy. He's set up as an arsonist, mercilessly teased in school, and bossed around by classmates. Linda Barry writes about the cruelty of children at this most vulnerable age when the friends they make and the paths they choose can forever change their lives. And lastly, from Humanoids by Igor Barenko, uh, Jihad Hardcover, $29.95. In the year 1206, Genghis Khan and his Golden Horde dominated an immense territory from the Pacific Ocean to the Caspian Sea with only 1,500,000 men. In the year 2040, the latest Russian dictator has a unique vision to invoke the spirit of Genghis Khan and his Golden Horde to create an empire reaching from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic. To do this, his Secret Service must find the corpse of the latest reincarnation of Genghis Khan. So there you go. Those are my recommendations for this week's list. Uh, when I come back, I will do uh, two best of categories that have been submitted right after this. So let's say you're looking for a podcast of your favorite 80s comic books, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, He-Man, etc. Where are you going to go to find us? Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. That's right, everybody. We're the Star Joes. We host a podcast called Star Joe's Podcast where we talk about your favorite comic books, your favorite toys of all the 80s properties. Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Mask, Thundercats, Voltron, you name it, we cover it. If it's in the 80s, we will we'll cover it at some point. Yes, yeah, so what you want to do to find us, you can go to iTunes, you can go to www.starjoes.com. And remember, the Force will be with you, because knowing us is half the battle. Okay, we return with another best of 2012 list suggestion. I have to do two today, day 21, which would have been yesterday's, and day 22, which is today. And the first one, day 21, comes from David D., who asks, what was your best reading experience? He writes, sometimes I not only love something I read, but I also loved and remembered when or where I read it for the first time. As your show is also a personal journal, journal, what comic in 2012 also was the best reading experience? And I went through that book, um, that record book that I have that I write down on my comic purchases, and I tried to pinpoint certain something that might stand out. And there was a day back in April of 2012 where I got an InSock Trades shipment, and inside that shipment I had ordered... American Barbarian, 
the hardcover by Tom Scioli, the Flex Mentallo hardcover by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely, and the Womanthology Kickstarter um, Omnibus hardcover giant slipcase edition. Um, those three books were in one shipment, and I remember opening them up and just marveling at them. Um, now, I had read Flex Mentala before. I had read a little of American Barbarian before, but I had not read, obviously, anything that was in Womanthology. And because of the way all three of those were packaged, um, and, you know, just opening them up and, and looking at these new books, and looking at books that are sort of off the norm, right? The way Womanthology came together was quite unique. American Barbarian being a, a, a Jack Kirby... Uh, homage, you know, and, and it was a webcomic and then it was put out through a hardcover and the packaging of that was very interesting. And then, of course, Flex Mentallo, which is just mind-boggling and amazing and different. And I sat in my room with uh, the InStock Trades box and those three books and I just did nothing but pour over them and look at them and study them and, and read a little bit and then skipped ahead and read something else and read a little bit from from one and then stopped and opened up the other one. And I must have spent about two, three hours um, just pouring over those three books. Um, I don't know what made me buy them. You know, I, I, I know I wanted them, and they just all came in the same package. Um, and... And it was a great reading experience, and it was a great. It was. It made me feel good to be a comics reader, uh, with these very, very different, but very heartfelt and very amazing projects. Uh, and it kind of shows you, you know, what the comics medium can do, and what a creative uh, creator can do, and an, an artist, and a writer, and a collaboration, and um, when people get behind a project, and you just get these amazing pieces of work, and. Every now and then I, I get that, you know, when I when I open up a box of comics or when I hit a store that has all these awesome back issues, cheap back issues, and, and you buy all this stuff and you just go, wow, look at this. You know, another time I could I could sort of, when I was on, on the road, one of my corporate events um, uh, in Maryland, uh, there's a, a comic store that in their basement they have these dollar comics and they had a whole slew of dollar comics and I just went through and bought so many um, and I just kept pulling and pulling and pulling and having a fun time because it had been a while since I had done something like that where I just, you know, I just spent a lot of money on some back issue comics um, uh, and and for some reason that just sticks out, you know, one of the moments, one of my back issue bin dives uh, sticks out, but those three books, getting them from InStock Trades and and really pouring over um, all of them because they all sort of mean something. I it was great. It was a it's a good time to be a comics reader, you know, when you get something like that. I can remember um, this is a little bit personal, a little bit dark. Uh, when I I had a seven year relationship way back that uh, ended quite stupidly and and um, dramatically. And I was living in New York at the time, and I was sort of unsure where I was going to go and what I was going to do. And I, in the middle of sort of my just sitting in a room and and um, thinking about the relationship crashing down and, and where I was going to go, I actually got a shipment of comics from, I assume, DCBS at that time. And, you know, I, I opened them up and I put them away or whatever. And But I remember stopping, and, and the one thing in that shipment that um, I had to pay attention to 
was a DC encyclopedia from DK Publishing. And it was uh, this huge book, and it had so much artwork and so much, you know, trivia and informational stuff that I love. I sat there for hours looking at it, and suddenly things kind of got a little better, right? I was in kind of like a really weird place, and I had that book, and I looked at it, and I went through it, and I thought, you know what? This is good. You know, this is, this is, comics will always be there. Um, I want to read comics. I want to experience comics. And, and it made me remember what I love about comics. And it made me remember what I, I, I think what it did, it made me remember what I loved about myself at that time. Um, so I still have that encyclopedia to this day and I have the Marvel version as well. Um, and that was another sort of strong moment, uh, of where I, I can really remember where I was and, um, how it made me feel. Um, probably the the other one of that that I won't tell this story now, I'll tell it later, is when I first read Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell's Birth Call one-shot. And, boy, what the effect that that had on me at that time. So I'll tell that uh, at another juncture. So that brings us to today's best of, best of 2012, day 22. And uh, this was sent through Tumblr, but it was sent anonymously, so I don't know who it was, so you have to let me know. But it's a good topic, and it reads, Given the successful relaunch of DC, and those that followed, Image, Valiant, and now Marvel Now, who do you think is the best publisher poised to take over 2013? I That's fantastic. I love that topic. I don't really have an answer, though. You know... I think Dark Horse might become an interesting place once they lose the Star Wars license. It might make them have to step up and go back to their roots and maybe find some new works. I think their Dark Horse Presents anthology has been helping with that. There have been some interesting stories, but they're able to pull those stories out and collect them um, you know, in their own titles. So suddenly they have all these new works coming out. Whether they're good or not, I mean, you know, time will tell. But for now, at least, it, it seems like it's a constant pool, some a, a well to pull from. Um, Image continues to put out quality work. 2012 was definitely their year. IDW has certainly become a publisher worth noting. And uh, I think there's some growth that could be had there. Uh, and I think in 2013, eyes will be all over Vertigo, right? With all the changes that are going on there, there's uh, room for some real growth there and room for some cha new challenges, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. What this question made me think, though, is where's the next great indie company? And by that I mean where's the next Eclipse or uh, where's the next first comics or Kamiko, or hell, where's where's the where's the next Dark Horse in its uh, you know initial days? Um, I want that indie company that with a with a real visionary at the helm who can corral a whole slew of established creators with interesting voices and, and some new ones as well, and they can usher in this sort of new era, all coming from one umbrella, right? that just drops an amazing series after an amazing series after an amazing series. Not a reboot of properties. You know, not, not what Image did, even though they were very successful with that. 
um, and not a reunion of creators and properties that they were once attached to, like what, what Dark Horse is doing with Dark Horse Presents and Concrete and some other stuff. You know, imagine a line of comics like Epic with creators in a company um, together working under one umbrella. You know, maybe they, they get some kind of startup and, and there's some real drive and real initiative, right? Um, I mean... I mean, look, where where did legendary comics go? Went nowhere, right? Radical, gone. Um, and maybe the comic market doesn't allow for it these days. And I certainly can understand that. And that's probably why you don't see it as much as you do now. Or why you see creators working at Vertigo and then working at Dark Horse and then working at Image or Top Shelf and sort of bouncing around. Um, but I think it would be fun to see if a publisher could do that. Just one publisher, one line of comics that equaled the output of an Eclipse or First or Kamiko or that could create the next Grendel and Elementals and Bean World and the next Zot and Scout and American Flag and Nexus and Concrete and John Sable and the list could go on and on and on. I think that would be amazing. Probably not something that can be done in this day and age, but that would be something that I really would, would I think that would just be interesting and would be a publisher that could uh, take over a year if they were able to do that. So there you go. That's my challenge. All right, there you go. That's today's episode. I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. This is Peter. You can reach me at peter at thedailyrios.com. Be safe, and I will see you then.